Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. This is Kim Hopkins. I'm standing in for Dr. Ross Green, who can't join us today, unfortunately, and I know he's real upset about that. It is time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. We do this podcast the first Tuesday of the month from September through May, which reminds me that after today, next month will be our last podcast for the school year and then we go on break for the summer. We start at 11 a.m., and we go for about 45 minutes, and that's Eastern time, 11 a.m. Eastern time. We do our best to help you with your behaviorally challenging child, help you figure out what's going on, and help you figure out some things that are going to work. We love to have callers. Our call-in number is 347-994-2981, and press 1 if you'd like to ask a question Live on the air. We're happy to chat with you. I'm joined by B-Team parent leaders, Jennifer and Stella. Hope you guys are doing as well as you can in this surreal time. Uh, let's check in, ladies. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, so far, so good. <laughs> good morning. Uh, My awesome. expectations are low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're non-existent. Smart woman. Yes, <laughs> much easier to keep it happy that way. <laughs> right, right. I found myself saying to my husband yesterday, he was exasperated that the kids wouldn't go for a walk with him. And I said, you're swimming against the tide, dude. you got to swim with the tide. Like, this is not a time <laughs> trying to push these things. Like, if you'd like to go for a walk, go for, go for a walk. I'm happy to stay with the kids, right? But we have to be, we have to decide you know, that we're actively not pushing them much. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's Exercise, been interesting. Yes, my... It doesn't have to be a walk. <laughs> yes. Right. Sorry, my son's ahead. school finally started doing Zoom classes last week. Um, and he goes to a, um, a therapeutic school. There's only four kids in each class. So, um it's it's a very small, specialized kind of school, and they've kept the demand very low. But uh, because it's not required, because he knows he has the option, he's actually yeah. gotten up and signed on happily well. without complaint. So, <laughs> but if Ooh. I told him he had to, it would become an issue. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my son. Always interesting. <laughs> Can you guys yeah. hear me? Yep. Good yep. morning. Go right ahead, hey, my youngest is here at home in his um, online continuing learning program. It has just started this morning, actually, and um, I was just chomping at the bit over the weekend, wanting to make sure that he knew how to use Zoom and, you know, what some of the issues are when you hit issues with Zoom and and all that. And I just, I laid back. I didn't say a word about it. 
Um, I wanted to. I wanted to say, hey, create your account, log on, come find me, and we'll do it, and we'll, we'll work out all the kinks. And I, yesterday, he came up to me while I was doing some online teaching, and he said, hey, Mom, if I create a Zoom account, can I – do a meeting with you and so that I can get some practice to be ready for tomorrow. And I was so proud of him. <laughs> Very nice. Very and nice. he we put his, wins, he put his Zoom schedule on the fridge all on his own and, you know, and, and wrote out when it is that he needs to be on Zoom. And um, I'm really, you know, for, for a person that was wanting to micromanage that on his behalf, I'm very proud that he, he took it upon himself a day early. <laughs> Look at those skills he's got, huh? Yeah, he's got some good skills. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, you know, I have to say that things were going along pretty well. Yesterday was a real tough day. It was a, a combination of things, and um, I'm sort of still, I think, crawling back out of that hole a little bit, not feeling 100%, but, um, you know, mm-hmm. we're just, taking it day by day and figuring it out. And and it's been nice here in the Northeast yesterday and today, which was a break because it's been cold and rainy otherwise. So we've just been making the most of that and the fresh air and the sun and the warmth does me some good. So (laughs) trying to practice what I preached on our special episode that we did about a week, week and a half ago of collaboration and trying times. And Dr. Green joined us for that and just really trying to think about, how am I making time for myself and how am I finding joy in these days and, you know, how am I doing the self-care thing that, Jennifer, you're so great about reminding us to do. (laughs) Indeed. Yes. We don't have any callers at this time. And for the first time in the history of the show, I have to say, we only have two emails, which usually we have this backlog of emails we can't get to. Yeah, but we've done a good job of clearing out the backlog. And I think that people are just, you know, very busy uh, adjusting to this new set of norms for temporary norms. So, um, well, yeah, we haven't really been hearing from folks, which is surprising. So we do have a couple of emails, but before we get to those, I'm sure we have time. If you guys have any um, topics you want to bring up or anything you're noticing when you're interacting with parents, whether it's on the B team or otherwise, or anything at all. Um, you know, Stella, earlier we were talking over each other. Now we've both become hesitant. I just wanted to make sure to give the time and space in case you did. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that's been on my mind and the comment about my son's preparation for his um, online sessions, um, I was having a discussion with uh, our educational consultant after last week's call and um, the difference between homeschooling, which is when a family takes on um, the legal responsibility of providing academic education for their children and what's happening now, which is the, the schools have bestowed upon the families the responsibility of um, keeping classwork going. So schooling at home is different than homeschooling. And um, the, the importance of remembering that if 
if the expectations are not being met. And I don't think we can say this enough, that if the expectations are not being met, then it falls to the parent to communicate with the teachers and the school to have that plan B conversation to make sure that the child is staying healthy within an environment of really extreme stress for everybody in most home situations. So I, I think the school at home parameter needs to be clearly delineated against homeschool. That's my two cents today. <laughs> sure. You know, I saw a meme that you're reminding me of that really helped me as somebody who's trying to still work at home with two young kids and my husband working at home. Um, yeah. And the meme said, we're not working at home. We're at home in the middle of a crisis trying to get work done, <laughs> which to me was like a whole big reframe, right? And so I feel yeah, like yeah. that is true for our children, too. They're not schooling at home. They're at home right. in the middle of a crisis trying to get some schoolwork done, right? right? And so it is, that, it is a bit of a – it's a subtle shift, but it, it, it gave me something to, like, hold on to because – you know, I'm very prepared when my son in particular, who's four, right? And, you know, if he doesn't want to do letters and numbers, I'm good, right? And it took me a little minute, a little <laughs> minute to, to remind myself. And I had to find the message that I'm telling myself, and I had to find one that worked for me. But the one I'm landing on is, um, you know what? Other kids are going to be where he's at, right? Like when he yeah, returns exactly. to preschool and he's actually – He's a December birthday, so he's not going to kindergarten in September. And I was—I used to be upset about yeah. that. Now I'm happy about it. So I'm like, he's got, yeah. this, he's got another full year of preschool before kindergarten. Like, he's fine. He's going to be fine. Like, he's happy. You know, he's a yeah. he's a homebody number one, and he loves to be with mommy. So he is just <laughs> in his glory, right? And oh. so let's just look at that, right? Let's just look at that and be good. You know what? You don't want to write the number two, okay? Great, that's fine. <laughs> you know, that's a hard one. Number two is hard to maneuver when you're <laughs> yes, really learning how to hold straight. <laughs> right. I know, right? I know, right? I know. So at first I was all gung-ho and I'm printing out the worksheets and I'm doing all this stuff and I'm like, you know what? Let's just play follow the leader. <laughs> like, let's just do something happy. So anyway, Can I appreciate you that comment. Call, you know, it's, Maybe you could post oh. that meme on the B team. Yeah. I, you know what? I'll well, make a note, and I will, because I know I can find it. Because I've funny shared that it a lot. talking about, <laughs> about memes, Kim, because there was one that was going around that really just – I mean, people are posting all sorts of things online. And there was one that said, if you don't come out of this quarantine with a new skill, <laughs> your side hustle started <laughs> – or more knowledge, you never lacked time, you lacked discipline. And right. when Ooh. I saw that, I thought, oh, well, now we're quarantine shaming? <laughs> oh, have God. you not and, seen the adjusted version? And then, well, yes, and then somebody, a, a friend of mine had posted one that she'd modified it so that it said, if yeah. you don't come out of this quarantine with a new skill, your side hustle started, more knowledge, you're doing just fine. We're going through a collective traumatic experience. Not everyone has the privilege of turning a pandemic into something fun or productive. 
And I thought, you know, especially when you're at home and you're suddenly being the person that you are at work at home and you're being the parent at home and you're being the person who has to uh, facilitate schoolwork at home, (laughs) these the the things that are are out there online that are pushing you to look at this as a gift of time to do all these things you've <laughs> always wanted to do with well all that's going to do is make you feel bad about yourself and um sometimes self-care is reminding yourself that people who post stuff like that on the internet generally aren't living up to it themselves either. That's they right. only post the good stuff. That's right. Wow. Hey, yeah. You know what? I had <laughs> only seen the corrected version, and so I was a little confused because I was like, well, I'm, I, it was just confusing because I had never seen the original. And then I saw the original, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> wow. Yeah, we don't need to be, uh, uh, yeah, we don't need to be pandemic shaming. We don't need to be doing that. That's um, the <laughs> no. opposite of what we need, right? Because that does not take right. into account a whole host of uh, layers. <laughs> oh, mm. man. All right. Uh, well, um, <laughs> wh- why don't we turn our attention to some emails. This first one is a little bit of a long one, but I think it's a really, really great one to talk about. It has a couple things that I think will be good for us to sort of pull out and discuss. Um, good morning, Dr. Green. I'm a huge supporter of CPS, and I found it life-changing for my family. There's just one area that I find myself repeatedly confused and stuck. I'm hopeful that you can clear this up for me. We'll certainly try, won't we? All right. I understand <laughs> what a, plans A, B, and C are, And I understand that this approach needs to be done proactively 99% of the time with no more than three unsolved problems at a time being worked on. In reality, though, sometimes unexpected things do happen and a clear understanding of what diffuse, de-escalate, and keep everyone safe actually looks like would be helpful for me. I know it means you basically choose the least bad of the bad choices. I've listened to many of your podcasts because I do think that's a direct (laughs) Dr. Green quote, right? But yes, what does that it is. Look like? <laughs> yeah, what would a person do? So now she gives an example. Let's say I had to take my son to the store with me, and while there, he sees something he really wants. I remind him that we're only there for X, Y, Z, and will not be purchasing a toy, game, candy, etc. Inevitably, he blows up. So my question is: Does diffuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe? mean that I buy him the item just to avoid the outburst or to make it stop? The short answer is no, but we're not done yet. That's not what it means. Um, Let's keep going, though, before we dive in. I, I understand that this would now become an unsolved problem in the future to proactively address, but in the moment, I need to know what to do if I'm following the CPS approach. Clearly, plan A is saying no, but isn't no sometimes a reality? Is there a better way to say no that might avoid the outburst? I believe plan C would not be saying no and just buying the item he wants. I don't believe that this model endorsed buying a kid whatever they want to avoid the explosion either, which you're correct about that. We don't. I guess plan C could also be not taking him to the store in the first place, which would be my top choice. But again, in real life, sometimes you have spur-of-the-moment things that do not allow the proactive plan C to happen. I could also 
see how this could be predictable. Difficulty when we're at the store and you do not buy the item that you wanted. Even though this is something that in the future should be proactively discussed, I'd appreciate a clear, specific understanding of what to do in the moment so I can better grasp <laughs> the diffuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe guidance. Thank you very much for all you do. So I think this is a real nice, juicy one. Yep. Um, I remember writing who, to Dr. Anyone? Green very early on my practice, something very similar. What do I do in the heat of the moment? And I wrote like three or four paragraphs. Jennifer knows the story. And I just went, I, I explained the scenario in detail. And I got back from Dr. Green like a sentence, stick to the model. <laughs> <And that was it. laughs> One sentence, right? Yeah. I don't know. So and I, I, actually, I think it that, was too. Right? It was stick to the model. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> so, <awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> I think right. I think we would right. all love a clear, specific understanding of what to do in the moment. But unfortunately, <laughs> I think it really depends on the moment. You know yeah. what, sure. what diffuse, de-escalate, and keep everybody safe is going to mean. Uh, you know, right now, when Everybody is is running just shy of dysregulation, <laughs> and and you've got to stay. If you're in the store, you've got to stay in your little markings on the floor and not invade anyone else's space. Diffuse, de-escalate, keep everyone safe might mean throwing the candy on the cart and and you know just avoiding the explosion right there. Sometimes it might mean laying on the empathy. I I know it's so hard when you want something and we just don't have the money to buy it right now. It's so hard. How about if we take a picture of it so that we can remember what you wanted when we have the opportunity to get something for you? Uh, and, you know, sometimes that will work. It, it really, it just really depends on the moment, unfortunately. Um, and the yeah, least the, bad of your bad choices is going to be different no matter, depending on what's happening. And the car ride to the store, knowing that this might be an inve- inevitable, predictable scenario, you know, as you're approaching the parking lot. Hey, let's let's talk about what's going to happen if you – while you're in the store, you see something you want. Um, and here's what we're at the store for. Um, and I think, Jennifer, your, your plan of taking a picture, and then when we get home, we'll make uh, a savings plan for getting that the next time that we go to the store, you know, and uh, make a kind of a little math project out of it since we're all looking for opportunities to do score. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's a conversation that my explosive son and I had very frequently on our drives to the store. Let's remember what we're coming to the store for. This is what I have cash for. And we would even calculate the tax. And, uh, and I don't have any extra money. So when you see the things that you really, really want, this is going to have to wait until another time. And it wasn't always smooth. And in the heat of the moment, you really do have to just lay on the empathy and do the best that you can <laughs> with what you got. I, I think that 
somewhere in the B team, I've told the story about when my son was little. And before we, before we found CPS, he was maybe two and a half or three. And uh, I tried not to take him to the store as much as I could. But this one day, I think we were out of milk and toilet paper and like a couple other things that we really needed to have in the house. And uh, my husband was not home. He was at work. And I couldn't just leave my two-and-a-half-year-old home alone. Um, So we ventured to Walmart. And we had that conversation in the car on the way there. And um, we agreed that what he wanted to do in the store was try on shoes he thought that trying on shoes was the most fun thing in the world. And we talked (laughs) at great length about the fact that we weren't buying shoes and all of that. So we got into the store. We ran around quickly. I put all the things that we desperately needed to get into the cart. So we looked at shoes last. And, of course, there was a pair of shoes that he decided he had to have. And... (sighs) We had all of the, I tried the empathy, I tried, you know, all of the things that that I thought might help him calm down, but he just kept escalating higher and higher until I finally just abandoned the cart and picked him up and started carrying him out to the car. And he was leaning over my shoulder, beating on my back with his little fists, screaming at the top of his lungs, you are not my mommy. I don't like you. And I'm booking it out of the store because I'm convinced any second they're going to call a code Adam. And I'm thinking to myself, how do I prove that this child who's screaming that I'm not his mother is actually my child? (laughs) But, you know, wow. Thankfully, during that time in the store, it was all other mothers with small children who recognized what was happening for what it was, and they all just moved out of our way. And my husband got home that night and said, I thought you were going to go get milk today. I said, yeah, well, that didn't happen. <laughs> in that moment, there was nothing else that I could do. There was no yeah. diffusing. There was no de-escalating. The only thing I could do was pick him up and carry him out of the store. Um, And sometimes that's what you've got to do. And sometimes the meltdown isn't avoidable. But yeah, yeah, the important thing comes in what you do after that. Yeah, exactly. I'm (laughs) glad you mentioned that. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, this is a great time to remember to remind everybody that the three plans, plans A, B, and C, all can be applied emergently in the heat of the moment, just like they can be, pro- they can be applied proactively, right? So Jennifer, you having to carry your son out of the store, that's emergency plan A, right? You, you tried other things yeah. first. It didn't work. You know, it, you know, he, he was going to start <laughs> destroying things or hurting himself or hurting somebody else. Like that's what we mean by diffuse, deescalate, right? Keep everyone safe. And then if you end up using plan A like that, your point to what you do later when things are calm is you, you kind of, in the way that your kid would understand, acknowledge that you used plan A and that you know yep. that the relationship took a hit, right? And that's not what you want to be yep. doing. 
And we will, we've got other things we're working on, but at some point we're going to partner on this and figure out how to make stuff like that go better. So basically just saying, I know I did plan A. I know you feel really awful about it. So don't I. That's not our goal. And we're, we're moving in a direction to not do that stuff, right? I would also yeah. say that there is emergency plan B. And, and the person who wrote this email said, I know you're not supposed to work on more than three unsolved problems at this time. While that is correct, when we say that, um, we largely mean, not totally, but we largely mean proactive plan B, right? Time you're setting aside on no more than three unsolved problems. And frankly, three is really when you feel good at the model, right? Might just be one right. when you're new at the model, right? It doesn't mean you have yeah. to steer clear of emergency B. Your, your goal in emergency B is not to teach any skills or solve the problem durably. Your goal is to diffuse and de-escalate. And emergency B can be really useful to do that, right? So in the example she gives, you know, we're in the store, we're only here for certain things, he, he sees something shiny and tasty and whatever and wants it, you know, do you have to say, are your only choices yes or no? And is there a way to say no without saying no? Because if I say no, it's plan A. And her example here of I reminded him that we're only here for X, Y, Z and will not be purchasing, that's actually emergency plan A. It's a nice version, but that's what it is. <laughs> so when your child says, oh, mommy, 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 I want that, I want that, I have to have it now, emergency plan B is you really want to have that. What's going on? Right? Yeah. And you're, like you said, Jennifer, lay on the empathy, right? And you, you're, <laughs> you're trying to understand where they're at. Does it look shiny? Does it look tasty? Are you afraid if we come back it won't be here? Like what are all the things going through your head? I want to know it all. And, you know, uh, sometimes it might feel like I don't have time for that, right? And yet, yeah. this is really short. You're, 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 you're probably not getting through all three steps, and I'm not too concerned that you do that, right, in emergency plan B. And, Jennifer, you sort of laid out an example of that as well um, of when, you, when you said, you know, how about what if we take a picture, right? But you do try to get a yep. little information at first if you can, right? And then you can say if it's about the money or if it's about it's not healthy or whatever it might be about. I bought a lot of stuff for you, which is, I find myself, my, my four-year-old is constantly asking for things, like things he dreams up in his head. He doesn't have to see an ad or anything. He'll just, <laughs> it's, it's constant. Whether, whether it exists and, or not, right? <laughs> oh, I know. Well, that's, those are fun conversations when they don't exist. So, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, just sort of taking a breath to emphasize that being that's what being a kid's about, right? Like everything, the things are at kid eye level are there for a reason. And, you know, because they're, they're um, interesting to kids, right? And so that, that your child would find something that he or she wants to buy and it's not in the plan is, like, is a likely scenario for most kids, right? So take a breath to say this is normal, right? And emergency plan B you really want to buy that what's up tell me fill me in you know what about it do you yeah. like and you're just asking a couple quick questions not you know and maybe and again there is no guarantee so maybe this escalates the kid because they think you're getting ready to say no and here's the thing you're not saying no but you're not saying yes right because you're going right. to then put your concern on the table whether it be cost or healthy or whatever right um, what could we do right could we take a picture of it from FM, depending on what the kid told you they're interested in? Now, if they said, oh, I want to buy that because I'm hungry, then taking oh, a picture right. of it's not going to work, but 
something else could right. maybe you have a snack already in the in the car, right? So mm-hmm. whatever it might be, right? And you're just looking to get the kid back to baseline. You're not trying to teach anything. Emergency plan B doesn't teach skills. It's there's heat and rush and the child's already in the water, so their rational thought is diminished, right? Um so you do have that option, right? She also mentioned here, you know, if I say, if I do the nice emergency A and remind him that we're not here to buy that, so we're not going to be buying that, and then I get the outburst, do I then give it to him? That is the definition of giving in. Going from A to C is giving in. Going right. with C from the gate, which you ladies also, nice, you know, mentioned, um, that's prioritizing, right? So um, emergency C would be, mm, I guess I'm just going to let him have it, right? Now, what I like that, that you mentioned, Stella, there's some proactive C that can go on. If you know this is not something you're working on yet, you had no choice but to bring your child to the store, and you know this could come up in the car right there, you know, we're just looking for a Band-Aid plan. We're not really trying to teach right. anything. We're just trying to think, like, how are we going to get out of there on the stage, <laughs> Right. Um, like if you find something that you like, could we take a picture or, Hey, I have a mint in my bag, whatever the kid might like. How about, how about you have yeah. this while we walk around the store, right? Whatever it might be, that's a bandaid. You're not teaching anything, but you're just trying to get out of there unscathed. So those yeah. are, those are lots and lots of options when we're not talking about proactive plan B. Well, and I think we've we've hit on several things here. I just want to bring up one one other uh, story that I remember when my son, my explosive son, was uh, a young teenager, probably like eleven or twelve. Um, going to Toys R Us um, was a favorite uh, errand for him, and you can just imagine with <laughs> an explosive eleven, twelve year old going to a Toys R Us is just mm. misery in my mind. <laughs> Um, and, uh, we, we had done the, Hey, we're, we're only here to buy whatever friend the gift. We're not going to, you know, get the Mario Kart thing or whatever. And inevitably he'd end up in the, in the, um, section that had the, the toys that he was very, very interested in. Um, and here I am emergency plan being, why is it that you have, you're telling me that you have to have this exact toy this minute when we worked together on the solution before we got him to the store. And he very calmly looked at me and said, mom, it's the last one on the shelf. Look. And I, I said, Hmm, you are right. It is the last one on the shelf. It also is going to take us over budget. And my, my emergency solution, which because of his age, this, this was viable, um, I said, I am going to buy that today, but it belongs to me until you earn enough money to buy it from me. And yeah. that that worked. I put it away in the house, and we set up a little tally, and um, we didn't do, like, allowances. We would work with, like, tallies, and once a certain amount of tallies could equal a certain amount of dollars, <laughs> Um, and that was the way it had to work for us. And he, within just a few days, was able to earn the toy that he had wanted. So depending on the age of the child, there's always um, that kind of option because it, it would have been a massive explosion at that point. And when he was 11, he mm-hmm. was my height, and explosions out in public were very, <laughs> very embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. 
That's another example of some creativity. If it met your concerns and his, great. Um, we actually have a caller in our last 13 Yay. minutes here, so I'm going to go ahead great. and welcome area code 408. You're on live with us. Do you have a question for us today? Yep. Hello? <laughs> area code 408? Area code 408, are you with us? Do you have a question? Um, <laughs> sometimes I know folks get confused and they think the way to listen live to the program is to call in to the switchboard. Just which call in. Then, that, yep. then we see it and then we make you live to ask a question. So maybe that's what happened. But there's actually a yeah. different way to listen live, which you can find on our website um, under outreach and then podcasts, and that will take you to all the information you need to listen live. Um, that's okay. We have one more email and probably just enough time to do it. Um, this is a shorter one. Uh, hi, Dr. Green. I have some questions about the following item on the ALSIP, chronic irritability and or anxiety significantly impeding capacity for problem solving or heightened frustration. So that's a lagging skill listed on the ALSIP. This feels like a key factor that gets in the way of plan B and doesn't seem like it fits easily into a plan B style solution. In your experience, what have been the most effective approaches to this lagging skill? It seems like one that requires significant, significant mental health professional intervention. Is that correct? If it can be addressed without external support, are you able to provide an example, please? And I have a feeling <laughs> from knowing you guys pretty well, that you have some firsthand experience with this. Would either one of you like to start, or do you want me to kick it off? <laughs> Go for it, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> Chronic irritability and or anxiety. Well, we certainly do have a lot of that in our house. Um, <laughs> I have, have often said that I didn't know how big a problem anxiety could be, how how deep it could go, or how all-encompassing it could be, or how debilitating it could be, until I met my son. <laughs> I thought I understood it until then. Uh, necessarily, you can't plan B the feelings, the chronic irritability. You can't plan B the anxiety specifically. But we have planned bead around a lot of situations that have brought that about, um, which in and of itself then has helped him uh, see that there are ways to help in advance of the anxiety, which has helped the anxiety. Um, trying to think if I Ooh, can of a specific example that that. For, for him to be able to see that there are things that we can do in advance to help with whatever situation is making him anxious actually lowers his anxiety, which means that we have less of the problem. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's, that, that's what I meant. I think that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's good. Mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, and I'm trying to think if I can of a specific example. Um, but while I think about it, if somebody else has something they want to share. 
Sure. Oh, I think you, you um, hit the nail oh, squarely yeah, on no, the head. Did. It just no, I I think Jennifer, you you hit the nail on the head with that. And just the word chronic is exhausting, right? I mean when you when you are experiencing a child that is chronically irritable, chronically anxious, um, that's above and beyond. Um and that's by the time that you recognize as a parent that that's what's happening in your household, that you, like I, I felt beaten down um, and really, really far down in, in the pit. So um, the, the work that gets you kind of climbing out and back in relationship and linking arms as a family, um, like Jennifer just said, is taking the, taking the time to, figure out the opportunities that you have to lessen the stressful environment that causes the irritability, that causes that anxiety to flare up, um, and helping the child to see that they can, they can have control of some parts of that, too. I didn't say it nearly as eloquently as you did, Jennifer. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> no, I liked it very much, both ways. Um, so, you know, I agree with what you, you both said, and I'm thinking about a kid that I worked with uh, as a clinician in a residential program many years ago. You're 16, and chronic anxiety, um, and if you knew this kid, this kid has a awful trauma history, and if you knew it, you would completely understand why he had chronic anxiety. He was even being medicated for it, and it wasn't touching it. So, um mm-hmm. So we, you know, and I'm, and I'm not necessarily advocating that all kids need medication. That's not what I'm saying at all. But for this young man, it was, um, it was really debilitating. And so, um, so I guess I would say for some kids, when it gets to the point of being really debilitating, that um, the professional advice that this uh, emailer is asking about, it might be um, of that nature, um, possibly. However, um, and I'll go on with my story, there's a lot of work to do medication or not, right? Whether it's, you know, whether it's needed, but it's not going to happen or whether it's not needed. And there's just this level of anxiety that still gets in the way or irritability that still gets in the way quite a bit. Uh, Plan B can still be very, very helpful. It might not look nice and neat. Um, It might have to be in two minute chunks here and there. It might, it might not be able to be face to face um, depending on what we're talking about for irritability and anxiety. It might have to be, in writing back and forth or pictures back and forth or texts, depending on the age, right? Um, so, so I would think about flexing how Plan B happens to try to mitigate some of the anxiety and, and irritability that could be getting in the way of the Plan B conversation. So back to my story, though. Um, we, and this is going to highlight what you both were saying, we realized that, um, and this was a res ed program, so he lived in a building and he went to our school in the next building over. Um, so, you know, it was like 20 feet, 20 foot walk. So we worked closely with the school and one of the times that um, he would experience a flare up in irritability um, due to anxiety would be when he had a substitute teacher. And this mm-hmm. kid fell in the water, and hopefully folks know what I mean by that. We talk about this being an mm-hmm. upstream model. And when kids are in the water, they're doing their behavior, right? And so when he would be in the water, he would throw chairs. Same, mm-hmm. right? And so when we looked upstream, we saw, oh, wait a minute, the chair throwing happens when he has substitute teacher. Let's work when he's back to baseline. 
let's walk this through with him, right? And lots of empathy about how a lot of kids struggle with different things. This happens to be, you know, difficulty when you have a substitute teacher you don't know, happens to be a thing that you struggle with. Other kids struggle with that too. Nobody's upset with you. Nobody thinks you're a bad guy. You know, just trying to understand what happens for you, right? And I remember not getting very far in the face-to-face conversation, but I remember getting far when we did a little bit of writing back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. And I understood what, hap- what went through his mind. He would think that this person didn't know him, didn't like him, didn't understand him, wouldn't help him. All these things were going through his head. So we had to come up with solutions that addressed those thoughts, you know. Um, yeah. And we had a variety of solutions to address those thoughts which would help him handle it when he had an unexpected substitute teacher he didn't know, which then prevented the anxiety from skyrocketing, and then we didn't see the chair throwing. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah. so I don't know why I thought about him. Um, Just one of the most anxious kids (laughs) I've ever met. Um, And we did a lot of good work with him figuring out, and the ALSIP is where it all starts. We say that all the time on this show, right? Um, figuring out all the times when that plays out, um, you know, difficulty when you have a substitute teacher, difficulty when you have an assembly at school, difficulty when I forget to tell you about your dentist appointment, difficulty when, <laughs> right, so listing all those out and picking one to start working on and, um, you know, and then you'll see hopefully what we've seen and, and Jennifer, you, you guys both said so eloquently that you start addressing the things that cause the spike in anxiety ahead of them happening. So you prevent the spike, which is what you want to happen. So, yeah. And I was thinking when you were talking that this is another place that um, the five finger method, either with five Mm. fingers or Mm -hmm. modified could be very helpful because a lot of times what I found here is that, even talking about what's making you anxious or irritable just kicks up the anxiety or the irritability level. And the irritability is probably actually just anxiety. (laughs) One of the ways that it can manifest. So Mm. if you can, can, whether it's, you know, in talking or in texting or in writing, if, you can try to make some guesses as to where the problem might be rooted. It might be easier to get a response from the anxious kid than if you're waiting on them to come out and tell you all on their own. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and regarding that. the that's incredibly the important. Yeah. Yeah. And the and the the mention of when to reach out for medical help, whether it's if it's with the, uh, the pediatrician or a child psychologist, and and starting to figure out the meds route. Dr. Green always says pills don't teach skills. The pill is mm-hmm. a gateway towards better ability, hopefully, to be able to teach the skills, which is the goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any last examples or last words for this emailer? I don't think so. I think I've 
hit everything that we can from my head. <laughs> you know, right. the only thing I might mention is that, um, and this this kind of reminded me from, from our last call with Dr. Green last week, not everybody that um, listens to the show knows what the B team is. It's a Facebook mm. group. It's a closed group. And you can look us up, the B, just letter B, team, and you send in a membership request. And um, Kim and Jennifer are admins. Um, and there's uh, a little process. And then you'll get admitted once you've been kind of cleared. So it's a place where you can go in and ask questions and have other parents weigh in. Yes. So join us on Facebook for lots of great help from parents who are at the same place you are or more advanced in knowing the model. Um, we've got a bunch in there. Uh, we're closed. What are we near? Like 38,000 parents in there. So join us. Um, I want to say we will be back next month with our last episode of Parenting Your Challenging Child for this school year. Be sure to join us. Thanks for listening and thanks to both of you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.